Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Next is now. Well, Elon Musk is now a board member of Twitter. Just a day after becoming its biggest shareholder, he is championing himself as the defender of free speech. Uh, He has, of course, been critical of Twitter and other social media outlets uh, for whether or not they were actually defending free speech or not. But is that really his goal? Is it all about free speech or are there other motives and aims in Elon Musk's quiver? So what is the goal? Uh, we had the opportunity here at Inside Sources to ask uh, Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, about Elon Musk's possible uh, initial spark for buying 9.2% of Twitter shares. That's a big chunk, becoming, in the process, the biggest shareholder of the social media company. And uh, Caleb gave us some really interesting insight in terms of uh, what went down and what comes next. A few weeks ago, he had asked, uh, his followers, and he has 80 million followers, one of the most widely followed, followed people on Twitter, whether Twitter enabled or prevented free speech. And he has curtailed some of the tweet over the past. So 70% of his followers said they don't think Twitter enables free speech. That might be one of the changes he's trying to make. He also asked his followers whether he thinks Twitter should have an edit button, and that got about 250,000 likes. So he's going to push for those types of changes as soon as he gets a little bit more control over the platform. Uh, Caleb Silver also outlined a few other reasons why Twitter is actually attractive to someone like Elon Musk. Controlling the medium and the message are important, especially if you're the rich and powerful and billionaires love to control media companies. Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post. Uh, Mark Benioff bought Time. So that's one of the reasons. But also he has a huge fan base there with 80 million people. And some of those people are also shareholders in the company that he owns or that he's the CEO of. So he likes to push his agenda both in terms of what's happening inside of his company. But he also wants to push his other agendas, which involve free speech and other other areas that he's concerned about. I think that's so fascinating. Uh, I mean, here's a guy with 80 million followers. 80 million, that's a big number. And obviously, they're all on Twitter, so that makes them part of that whole messaging strategy. So he'll have the ability to influence them that way. But I thought it was interesting that that Caleb pointed out that of these 80 million, a lot of these folks are investors in other uh, projects and entities and businesses that Elon Musk is involved in. And so through Twitter, he obviously can push the messages that he wants as it relates to his other enterprises, his other uh, endeavors. Uh, And that's a pretty fascinating way to be able to get your message to the right people. 
So if they're already following you on Twitter and then suddenly you've got an ability to influence Twitter as a major shareholder, uh, if you end up with that board position, that's that's a very different ballgame in terms of what can be done. And I think that will impact Elon Musk's ability uh, to move his message to all the audiences that he wants to get to. Now, obviously, he built uh, a big chunk of that on his own. $80 million doesn't happen by accident or a good uh, cat video uh, or one real pithy tweet. Uh, it takes a, a lot more than that. So he, he has some ways that he's been able to do that. Uh, but now with that influence point, that's going to give him some interesting alternatives in ways he can get messages out to his key constituents in a host of different enterprises. Uh, Caleb Silver went on to talk about how far Twitter has fallen behind uh, other social media platforms and what that might mean. Twitter hasn't made money like some of the other social media platforms over the years. And the platform itself has not evolved over the past several years, much in the way that Snapchat has or Instagram or even TikTok. So he may be trying to shake up what's happening inside Twitter. And he's now the largest shareholder there, bigger than any of the big money management firms, bigger than any of the other founders. So he's got a big voice inside the social media company now. So that's also an important point. Again, a guy with 80 million followers, if he feels like that company isn't innovating, isn't becoming like TikTok and some of the others uh, that are bringing in new users and younger users, uh, if he suddenly feels like the 80 million users he has on, on Twitter uh, are, are maybe going to age out or maybe, maybe going to lose interest because Twitter isn't innovating, uh, that damages his goals and what he wants to accomplish. So now as an insider, as a member of the board, as a major shareholder, he can influence innovation within Twitter. Uh, most of us don't think through all the, the ramifications, all the nuances of what could happen and why this is so interesting to Elon Musk. Uh, again, he has a, a big investment in there, not just the dollars and cents. But the investment it takes to build 80 million, 80 million followers. And so, of course, Elon Musk has an interest in Twitter not going, you know, the way of America online. Uh, he, he needs them to innovate and to update and to challenge people and to create an, an exciting, vibrant community so that he can continue to leverage the platform for the 80 million people he's trying to influence. Uh, that's really smart. Uh, that's pretty strategic in my view. Uh, lastly, Caleb Silver uh, also talked about uh, even more changes uh, that could be on the horizon, things that we could see coming to Twitter that could directly benefit one Elon Musk. Well, he did talk about the edit button just yesterday or, or this morning, and that's already gotten a lot of responses. But whether or not Twitter, like some of the other social media companies, should be responsible for the content on its site or just let people tweet or say whatever they want, that's something we know he cares a lot about. And we know that he's gotten in trouble with regulators, including the SEC, for tweeting things about his company, about Tesla, or about how they behave, and that's gotten him in a lot of trouble. The SEC has penalized him for it, and he may want to use Twitter as a way to express his views without any punishment. Also interesting, a uh, way for him to get around uh, some of those pesky rules <laughs> in terms of, of how you influence things. And so I, I think that's uh, also an interesting thing to explore in terms of uh, other ulterior motives in terms of Elon Musk uh, and uh, why he would invest such a big chunk into Twitter. Uh, but again, to me, the, the critical thing on, in all of this is that it does give him uh, a way to, to use uh, what 
many would say was is kind of on the back end, kind of the dying uh, platform, uh, and revitalize it. And again, why is that important to Elon Musk? It's not just shareholder value. Uh, it's because he has 80 million followers on it. And if you want to continue to have massive influence with that kind of audience, uh, you got to be latest and greatest. You got to be new. You got to be fresh. You got to be innovative in every way, shape, or form. Uh, and so that's uh, that's an important thing. So it, it's really interesting uh, that, again, as someone leading Tesla and a host of other big, big name projects, Elon Musk. Uh, is now a majority shareholder, uh, one of the largest shareholders, 9.2% uh, of Twitter's share, and that uh, he will be uh, part of the uh, the board there at Twitter. And all of that uh, gives a, a lot of us reason to just think through, okay, what, what are those motives? What are the things that are driving that kind of investment? And what should we be watching for in the months ahead? So I would watch now that uh, Elon Musk will be part of the board, will have clearly a loud voice, a significant voice in terms of the direction of the company as a major shareholder, biggest shareholder. Uh, so what does he do with that? Because that will give you some indication into what else Elon Musk is working on in all of his other projects. They're all interconnected. Uh, don't think this is an isolated thing or this was Elon Musk getting up in the morning and say, yeah, I kind of criticized the free speech stuff and was Twitter really protecting that? And so I'm going to invest a bunch of money in it uh, or, hey, this is a, a good time to buy. So I'm going to buy. It's it's much, much more than that. And we'll need to continue to watch and explore exactly what that is, what that means, and then the impact that it will have not only on Twitter, but on many social media platforms, uh, especially as we roll through the, the years ahead that are going to be very interesting for a lot of these platforms, whether they can innovate and maintain, maintain all of those users. That's the test. Can you sustain it? And who will do that? Because who does that? will have the influence in terms of the messages that they want to get out uh, to those that are following. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. Uh, we just started Ramadan over the weekend. April 2nd was the beginning of the holy month of Ramadan. We're uh, really excited to have Maya Jaredot joining us uh, to talk about it and how American companies are adapting, adjusting well and not so well when it comes to helping employees as they go through the holy month of Ramadan. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.